Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hey, everybody. I'm joined today by the great Jim Mora Jr., former NFL coach and college coach. Uh, I'm Ed Kratz with SI.com's Eagle Maven, and uh, Jim, we're counting down the days now until the NFL draft. Uh, great time of year. Love this time of year. I love mock drafts. I can't get enough of them. Um, I don't know how you feel about them. But anyhow, the Eagles made a big deal earlier this month. They traded out of the number six spot to the number 12 spot. We can start there. Uh, what do you think their reasoning was for that, Jim? Well, you know, before you talk, we talk about that, the mock drafts, you know, yeah. we don't, we're not the only ones doing them in these, in these war rooms, in these draft rooms, they're doing mock drafts as well. You know, their information might be a little bit different than ours, you know, but uh, the scouts, the general managers, the coaches, then they're mocking things up, seeing where things might land, but specific to the Eagles and their trade back, I thought it was a great move. You know, when you're a team like the Eagles and you, you have needs, you have very specific needs. You're, you're, you know, transferring to a young quarterback um, in Jalen Hurts. You know, if you can pick up extra picks, which they did, I mean, you, you sit here today, they've got 11 picks in the draft, which is the most of any team in the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised to see how he maneuver around and get even more picks because he's got holes to fill and he's trying to build a team. And I still believe it at, at 12, they can get an impact player that's going to help them uh, become a great team again. You know, I know that, there's a need at, at wide receiver. I think I think there'll be some guys available there. You know, uh, we don't know that. Or some pass catchers, I should say. You know, I think Kyle Pitts is a pass catcher. He may or may not be there. It'd be maybe a little bit of stretch at 12. But I think they can get what they need to, to help themselves start to create that that and build that team that they want to be again when they're when they're sitting at 12. Yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned the pass catchers. I, I mean, listen, the, the Eagles went with one of those last year in the first round in Jalen Rager at 21. And uh, they took two other wide receivers later in the draft. Do you think it's kind of counterproductive to continue to chase that position uh, when they've invested so much draft capital, uh, not only last year, but they took JJ Ortega Whiteside in the second round in 2019. You're bringing in a new staff. Do you think now it's time to develop them and maybe that need at wide receiver isn't as great because of what they've drafted in the past? You know, I think that's a great question. And with the new regime, it comes a new evaluation of the players that they have on their roster and new needs and new priorities. But I think that there's, you know, a few guys that are so unique this year that are such great playmakers that if you have a chance to draft them, let's say you have a chance to draft – Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle or 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw Kyle Pitts in that, in that mix. I, I don't know how you pass it up, you know, and I think that the, the Eagles are probably sitting there very nervous that those guys are going to all be gone. And if they're gone, which direction do they go? And, and I would say, you know, obviously defense. I think uh, Mika Parsons, Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, guys like that could come in and really be impact players as well. So I think they've got a lot of options. But given that they've drafted those, those receivers in the past, uh, you know, you common knowledge would say, hey, they don't need receivers. But you know what? They need weapons. They need weapons for Jalen. They need to improve their pass game. They need to be able to stretch the field. They need guys that can take a short catch and turn it into a long gain. And these guys, you talk about Chase, you talk about Smith, you talk about Waddle, they can do it. You talk about Pitts, he can do anything. I mean, he may be the most talented player in the draft. It's just that he's at a position that, you know, people don't always recognize the talent. But with him, it's almost impossible not to recognize the talent. I think conventional wisdom, or at least many mock drafts I've looked at, have had Pitts and Chase gone by the time the Eagles hit the clock at number 12. They should uh, be. Yeah, they should be gone. Yeah, so you're looking at maybe Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, and they're both from Alabama, obviously. How do you who do you like better there? Have you evaluated either of these guys, and who, who would you rank higher at this point, if either one of them? Well, I've watched them both, and I've watched them both a lot. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you watch Alabama play and someone catches the ball, you're not sure if it's Smith or Waddle because, they, you know, they look the same. I think Smith is silky smooth. He's got great acceleration. Uh, he can run every route. You know, the concern with him, obviously, is just his physical stature. I think with Waddle, you get a more compact guy. You know, Waddle led the, the country in yards after catch, and I like that about him. You know, I think they both got return ability. I'm not sure how often you want to put your first-round draft pick back there returning a kick or returning a punt, but in a clutch situation where you need a playmate, either of those guys can do it. I think playing at Alabama gives you a leg up. You understand how to compete at the highest level because you have to do it every single day in practice. You play in big games against great opponents on large stages. You've been coached by Nick Saban and a staff that is going to develop you as a man. They're going to develop you as a player. So I can't tell you that I like one or the other better because I think they're a little bit different. But what I can tell you is I, I really love them both. I think they're going to both be great players in the NFL. Yeah, and you know how he loves to Howie Roseman loves to, you know, kind of he loves the juice of the draft. He loves to move up and down the board. Could you see a scenario where maybe the Eagles try to get back in the top ten for a Kyle Pitts or, or a Jamar Chase if they start to kind of slide a little? I don't see yeah. that happening, but just in case. Well, they've got some capital. When you've got eleven picks, you know, you've got you've got the ability to package some things and you know, picks in next year's draft to move back up if a player's sitting there. So I'm sure Howie is working the phones. He's talking to the, the teams that are drafting ahead of him. He's gauging their interest. He's trying to get a feel for who they like. But if they're sitting there in a position where it becomes obvious to them that they could get, let's say Cincinnati takes Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase hasn't, hasn't gone yet, uh, you know, Howie's going to be on the phone. And he's going to be trying to find a way back up in there. If, if, if uh, Atlanta doesn't take Kyle Pitts, you know, and he's sitting there, he's going to be trying to maneuver back up. There are some teams that want to maneuver back up, but they don't have the, they don't have the capital. They don't have what, what the Eagles have in terms of number of draft picks, and that makes it harder. So one thing we know about Howie is he's going to move, but he's going to be deliberate, and he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to, he's going to make solid decisions based on value, need, best player available, all of those things. And I expect the Eagles to have 
when we come out of this thing, I think they're going to end up, you know, we're going to look back and say, that's a heck of a draft right there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they have the one, two punch that they had back in 2013 with Lane Johnson and Zach Ertz. They haven't really had that one, two uh, punch. I think they really need to hit this draft. And now Jim, let me ask you this about the, uh, this Eagles philosophy since the Andy Reid days has always been to draft offensive line, defensive line. You know, that's their strength. That's their philosophy. Not a real good class for defensive uh, tackles. Uh, but you look at the Eagles defensive line. Fletcher Cox is 30. Brandon Graham is 33. Uh, Derek Barnett's in the last year of his contract. Who, who do you think are some of the, in your opinion, some of the top defensive linemen in this draft that the Eagles could look at at 12 or even beyond? You know, I don't think at twelve you're gonna you're gonna look at a at a defensive lineman. As you said, there, there's just nobody there. But later in the draft, if they move down, if they you know utilize those eleven picks, I think there's a lot of really good players. You know, I mean, if they were interested in an edge player, you know, they could move down in the draft and get a guy like Jalen Phillips out of Miami, who you know I have a background with and have great respect for. I think he's a tremendous player, great young man. There's been some questions about his injury history, maybe his character. I can sit here and look you right in the eye and tell you there are no questions about this kid. He's a, he's a superb young man. Uh, there's no character issues. He's as healthy as can be, and he's going to be a great NFL player. You know, the interior defensive line pool is, is it's not great, you know. And, but that's a position you know, historically, unless you're looking for that great three technique, you know, the Warren Sapp types of guys, the John Randall types of guys that just create havoc. And I don't see a lot of those guys in this draft. Unless you're looking for that, you can find guys late in the draft that you can plug and play, you know, guys with some mass, guys with some redeeming qualities, guys that have some length. Of course, they're going to have some deficiencies that they wouldn't be dropping in the draft they wouldn't be lower round picks but you know every team's looking for something different you may need you know you may feel like you're a little bit undersized in there you want a big monster you want a big 350 pound just run stopper you know so I think there's a lot of guys late that we don't know their names but the scouts have gone out and seen they put through the paces they've watched the films and and they can you know jump on the on the table in the third fourth fifth sixth seventh round and say this guy right here I know we don't know a lot about him. Here's his redeeming qualities. If we bring him in, he's going to help this team win. All right, Jim, last question. Put you on the spot here. Who are the Eagles taking at number 12? Jalen Waddle, if okay. he's there. <laughs> no, nah, you know what? I can't. I, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Patrick Sertain. Let's, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just 180 in you there. I'm going from receiver to corner. And, man, I tell you what, I'd love to have that guy on my team. Not only does he have the pedigree, he's grown up around the game. His dad was a heck of a player, but he's a heck of a player in, in his own right. I, I tried to recruit him, had no chance. Went in to see him at his high school. He might have given me a wave, and that's about it. But he was sure sure a classy kid, even in high school. Well, you know, the Eagles, Howie Roseman hasn't drafted anybody from the University of Alabama since 2003 or two. Maybe he needs to. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, it's shocking. I mean, it's your pedigree, right? Right, right. I mean, the, the Nick Saban's program just turns out. I think they have a factory down there that just, you know, somehow makes these guys in, in labs somehow because they always have <laughs> terrific talent. But Freddie Millions was the last one they took back in 02 or 03. And I don't even think how he was in charge of the draft then. So um, I agree with you on the cornerback. I really do think they need a corner. Darius Slay is the one corner. They really need to find somebody, you know, opposite him. Slay's contract next year takes a big jump 
yeah. in, in salary cap hit. Uh, I love J.C. Well, there's some Horn. guys. Yeah, J.C. Horn. Yeah, J.C. Horn. Yeah. Uh, How do you Caleb feel about Farley. Caleb? Yeah, what, I was going to ask you about Farley. How do you feel well, about him with the whole back situation, that back yeah. injury? I think it's concerning, you know, opting out, having the back surgery. Um, I think that any team that's really interested in him is going to have to bring him into their facility. They're going to have to do a very thorough exam. They're going to have to uh, have talked to his surgeons, his doctors. They're going to have to have real conviction because when you're drafting a first round player, you know, you don't want to have concerns about previous injuries. You want to know he's healthy. And I don't know that he's been able to prove that right now. The talent's undeniable, but the question mark on on his health is is a serious one. So, you know, but I, I'll tell you what, J.C. Horn and uh, Patrick Sertain, man, I, I'd live with the with either of those guys, you know, and I'd feel good about it. That's great. Hey, Jim, listen, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Again, Jim Moore Jr., terrific uh, work. Um, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Uh, and again, Jim, thanks again for joining me. My pleasure. Great. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.